Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. And it is a little rainy here in Seattle again, um, but we're all getting used to it. We, we just have to remind ourselves it's not summer yet. Have, it's not. It's, it's spring. Not. It's spring, yes. Yeah, so I have my wool sweater on, uh, my hat for the rain, and another sweater on top of that. And I'm going to have to dress really warm because I'm going to go to Mina's graduation. Congratulations. So, Mina you. is your daughter, of course. Yeah, or my one youngest, of your daughters. My youngest baby is going to um, graduate from the University of Washington today. So that's very exciting. That's Thank awesome. you. And we're so happy. Uh, along, of course, that's a wonderful feat, and we're proud of her, of course. She's a very good student and did very well. We're very proud of her. Um, but she's also not part of the whole, she's not a part of the big, big part of the U. She's part of the Jackson School. So we don't have to sit at graduation for seven hours, um, <laughs> like everyone will be doing this weekend. In fact, the ceremony, the Jackson School Ceremony, is having it at the Center for Spiritual Living, one of my favorite places. So I get to sit in a familiar auditorium in excellent energy, watching my baby um, be celebrated for all of her hard work. So congratulations, Mina. We're all so proud of you. And her two sisters, who are cougars, are going to be in the audience. So that's always an interesting twist when you live here in Washington. We have huskies and cougars. And they've been at each other's throats for, I don't know, decades. Right. <laughs> the good thing in my family is my husky could care less about purple or dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but my cougars, oh, my goodness, they fly to go. You know, they go to California to watch games. Are they upset that you're wearing a purple sweater today? I don't think they saw me put this one on. <laughs> yeah, because Misha does get on my case if I've got too much purple in the house. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think all that college rivalry stuff is silly. It is silly. But and funny, too, at the same funny. time. I mean, yeah. as long as people don't take it that seriously, I think it's great. But some people take it really oh, seriously. I'm telling you. And that's what's scary. To me. Well, you know what's adorable is my oldest uh, is an engineer. She works at Boeing, and, and we're thrilled and happy about that. And she's not, there aren't that many cougs in her department, and you know who went to Washington State University. So her cubicle, she has every coog potential little thing that she could have on there, so that whenever a husky walks by, they get annoyed or irritated or roll their <laughs> eyes. She wears her coog uh, t-shirt on the days are allowed to wear sports <laughs> outfits and all of that. So, yeah, she, yeah, it, it's still alive and well, no matter how many years you get away <laughs> from college. That rival is still there. Today, uh, I am blessed and honored and happy, happy, happy that we get to have, again, Lee Fortson. She is the author of Embrace, Release, Hill. And even though I have yet to meet her in person, I feel like I know all your cells in your DNA and just adore and love you. From the moment I read your book, actually, I loved you. I this is I would say this is my favorite book this far. Definitely my favorite book of 2011. We're not in, in 2012 uh, big enough yet for me to have a new favorite. Um, but yeah, absolutely my favorite book. In fact, when I have clients who are dealing with cancer, we immediately either give them the book that I have. I've bought in the book many times. Are we order one from Amazon for them because I think uh, one of the things it's done for me as a healer is it's given me even more ideas of hope and optimism and trust that phenomenal things are happening that can lead to profound outcomes. Um, after her third cancer diagnosis in three years, Lee Fortson was given few options by her doctors and little hope for a bright future. 
For weeks, she mourned the life she thought she was losing until she was introduced to an idea that changed everything. Our thoughts and emotions influence every cell in our body. This revelation gave her the hope that would begin her journey to become to becoming cancer-free and more joyful than she had ever been before. Embrace Relief Heal shares her inspirational story and the fruits of her research in one empowering book. Created to help anyone whose life has been affected by cancer, this in-depth resource offers interviews with both allopathic and integrative medical experts, remarkable accounts from people who transcended terminal cancer and are now thriving, snapshots of progressive treatment techniques and insights into other key factors that can affect well-being, including thoughts, emotions, and diet. So welcome to the show, Lee. Oh, it's so good to be back, Marie. And it's true that even though we haven't met, and even though you can see my DNA <laughs> and myself, and I can't see yours, I sure do feel yours. And, and yeah, I mean, it's it's such an honor, and it's, it's just always so good to talk to you. So, so good. And I have to tell you, of course, I went to the Evergreen State College, and I'm not a cougar, and I'm not a husky. <laughs> I'm a gooey duck. Uh, is that you what know? you guys are, gooey ducks? Really? Oh, my God, we are so gooey ducks. <laughs> I, so, you should see the grin on Eric's face. Ever, Seriously, I, think, I love gooey ducks. <laughs> if I had known that, I would. I don't think they have a nursing program, but oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing! Isn't that funny, and, and it's I, true. you know, and I also have to say, as much as I love Washington and <laughs> I love Seattle, it's my favorite city. There's no question about it. And my daughter, who's 15 now, has already decided she's going to live there. But um, it is. 88 degrees, not a cloud <laughs> in the sky. In Colorado right now. Yeah, in Grand Junction, which is hot, really. It's way too hot for my liking. But, it, you know, we do like the sun. And no kidding. It was, it was hard to live without that sunshine for a while when I was in Olympia. Yeah, it, it is challenging. Yeah, it, it really is. Well, we're all going to pack up and then go to your house then because... Okay, uh, okay. I'll, yeah. get, I'll get lunch ready. Excellent, excellent. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I find this to be one of the most profound books I've read on healing, uh, mm. really. And, and not only because your story is... You're such a great storyteller. And, of course, you, uh, you are a freelance writer, a ghostwriter, and a marketing specialist, um, renewable energy um, educator for Colorado State University, and a devoted mother and wife, and many, many uh-huh. other things. Um, so writing is, you're comfortable with it, and you did such a gorgeous job. One of the things I love about it, along with the stories you tell yours and other people's stories, and gruesome stories, I must admit. As an oncology nurse, I was very comfortable with them, but you know, people uh-huh. go through a lot when yeah. they're dealing with cancer, or they could potentially go through a lot. And yeah. how they were able to come out of it is so amazing and profound. Well, I'll tell you, um, it's that it's that going through the treatment stuff that I'm kind of. Um, I but the last blog that I wrote uh, for the Huffington Post, which they haven't posted yet, and I don't know if it's uh, my husband was like, I'm I'm, I'm not sure they're going to post this, <laughs> but it's all about you know. I was a little just pissed off. I woke up one morning and I thought, you know, uh, I heard about a guy who, a man who who committed suicide because he couldn't deal with the uh, the side effects, mm-hmm. the long term side effects of his cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, why don't we talk about this more? Why don't we get real with the fact that um, these, these treatments can be just brutal, just brutal. And um, I was listening to your interview with Bernie Siegel and how you talked about an oncologist who was so happy that one of the patients seemed to have died from the side effects instead of cancer. Right. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, I've been very gentle and very loving, (laughs) and now I'm starting to feel like it's time to shake it up a little bit. It's just time to really kind of, you know, confront the 
the consciousness uh, behind this whole cancer industry because it's just stupid to continue denying that our treatments, although they can work, um, are, are so often, you know, difficult. They change people's lives for the rest of their lives. I'm dealing with some side effects right now. And we have to include in the conversation about cancer that this is the, the reality for many people, not everybody. But the other reality that is essential in conjunction with that is to realize that there are other types of treatments right. available. Right. And they are effective and they're and, and they work, you know, not 100% of the time, nor does the conventional stuff. But it's just, you know, I, I'm just kind of going, you know, come on, folks. It's 2012. We, you know, we have so many choices, and we're still in this big, fat bubble of denial, thinking that, I mean, and I think this is the reason why people don't talk about the long-term side effects, because we're led to believe that that treatment is our only hope. So why would you want to look at the downside of your only hope? Well, mm. it's not our only hope. Mm-hmm. We have lots of lots of different options. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that people totally forget about uh, conventional treatments, but we have to broaden the awareness and tell the truth that, um, yeah, these are the conventional ways of going. And um, statistics aren't always accurate either because everybody knows you can, you can turn numbers into whatever you want. You just have to go in prepared knowing that it may or may not work, and that there there are many long-term side effects that not even, like my radiologist has no idea what I'm dealing with now because it's been, you know, years since I saw him, um, and I don't feel like going back and, you know, putting it in his face. That wouldn't really, you know, serve anybody. But I think even the doctors are unaware of what many of their patients end up dealing with. Um, it's, it's time to have this conversation. It's kind of similar to soldiers who come back from war and can't deal with them life anymore, and they kill themselves. We talk about that. It's a tragedy, and it's a reality that, that, that's uh, worth looking at and saying, there's a real problem. We need to help these people. And if somebody wanted to get rich, and maybe they wouldn't get rich, but, you know, there's a, there's a real need for businesses, you know, for, for people who care about people to start working with the post-radiation, um, post-chemo, post-treatment side effects that are happening to so many people and and walk them through the different ways of of healing and very often believe me that does not include drugs it, it may right. include you know homeopathy or certain types of um, energy work like what you do Marie I mean mm-hmm. you have such great insights you can help people it could be related to um, once again emotional issues um, hyperbaric oxygen there's there's so many different things that can help so that's my little rant. And now I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think what's what you're also talking about is that there really isn't an honest communication about how devastating the drugs and treatments are. Uh-huh. Do- doctors kind of slide over it very gently. Yeah. Because as an oncology nurse, one of my jobs was to go in and, and you know, many times have um, patients sign release forms before we gave them chemotherapy. Sure. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I would point out very carefully because I felt like nobody really did is that chemotherapy is a carcinogenic. It causes mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I knew that because I was educated and certified in oncology treatments in terms of giving it to, to patients. And so I was very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really felt like it wasn't explained as well. And I think that yeah. even cancer patients that I see now, many of them 
didn't understand that before they received cancer. And it doesn't mean that they would get cancer. I mean, many things contribute to diseases in the body. It ha- right. doesn't have to be just one thing. But I think that if we're more honest about it, if we're more direct yeah. about how painful something might be or how you may have permanent neuropathy if you take this right. particular, they'll, they'll say there's a 20% chance. Well, 20% chance is actually a big deal you know, Mm -hmm. for permanent neuropathy, if there are other options or things that you could do to mix it up, so to speak, Mm -hmm. right, and to avoid um, the harsh reactions and sometimes permanent changes that occur um, following treatment. And I wonder, I wonder where they get that 20 percent. I mean, I've I've learned enough about the politics of medicine and especially of of the cancer world to go, well, is that 20 percent of the people you follow? And what percentage of the people do you follow? Right. It, it's a, you know, there's so many curious questions. Um, and I'm not, look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I mean, <laughs> I, I have lots of friends who are docs who are fed up, too, with how things in journals um, present uh, the outcomes of certain new drugs or even, you know, old drugs. Who's backing the studies? And they're just tired of, you know, they know now. You know, and everybody kind of knows that the folks that are funding the studies are pharmaceutical companies with an interest in having all this stuff work out. So I don't know. I think it's just time for people to be honest. I mean, a lot of people already know, and I think it's fabulous. Um, But it's also time for us to to include in our own care choices that are um, more supportive of our of our quality quality of life and long-term life experience. And it's up to us. We really do have the power. We're very, very empowered because there's tons of information out there about what you can do to help yourself go through regular treatments or uh, to bypass them. And and, and the you put them in your book. You put the doctor's names, their phone yeah. numbers, their addresses, how much it cost, where mm-hmm. they are. I, I mean, that's one of the things that I love, love, love about and what you put in your book, because you interviewed these places mm-hmm. yourself in your own search after having failed um, treatments. And, right. And and then you found something that actually worked for you and your cancer went away. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I'm very Thank proud you. of you. Very proud Thank of you. Thank you. Um, and, and I think what we're really getting to is that everybody needs choice, that everybody yeah. every, everybody's body is different. And some people may do really great with conventional medicine. Some people may do great with a combination. Some people may do very well with very little or zero conventional medicine. And mm-hmm. that we need to help people maneuver through w- w- their choices with mm-hmm. honesty and clarity of of side effects of all of them, and maybe yeah. even take out some of those percentages because I think they are misleading, quite frankly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the percentages are so that people can feel what treatment is going to work best for them because I think the individual actually knows. I yeah. really believe our cells go, yeah. that one, that one's delicious, yum, yeah. yum, yum, and maybe some follow-up radiation after that, delicious, yum, 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 or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and even in your case in particular, because I know the radiation is what caused a lot of the side effects for you that mm-hmm. are challenging, um, even talking about what degree should your body be radiated, because everyone's yeah. body is different. Right. Right. Everyone's cells respond differently because of our emotions are held deep within our cells. And that mm-hmm. affects how we receive medication, how deep it goes into our body. That's why some people need one Tylenol. Some people need extra right. strength, two of them. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. unique. Everyone's you know, unique. You are, I, I feel like you're so right on, and and the the barrier, of course, is that people don't know how to trust 
their instincts, and they also their instincts may go against the grain of, of the, right. um, what their doctor believes. I, I remember the first uh, cancer I had was an anal cancer, and they wanted to do chemo and radiation. And I, the radiation didn't scare me, ironically enough, because that's been the one that I've been dealing with. But the chemo, every cell in my body screamed, no, don't do this. Don't mm-hmm. do this. Of course, I did it mm-hmm. because that's what my doctor said to do. Now, was it a mistake? I don't know. Um, it, you know, if the overall treatment didn't work because that had a recurrence a year later. But, but I, I remember talking to a friend of mine whose husband is an anesthesiologist, and she said, why are you so upset? And I, I said very blatantly, because this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. right. And she, although she's a wonderful um, three-dimensional forward-thinking person, she, she, it was a surprise. She, went, she was like, oh. <laughs> it was new to her, and and yet I didn't know what to do with that instinct. Now that's that's where people, you know, that's where we have a long way to go because trusting our instincts and and because um, we don't know, you know, we don't know what the outcome will be. And uh, if you do choose to say to your doctor, as you were indicating, Marie, that you know, oh, I don't want that many G's in my radiation because I don't think I need it because I'm a real sensitive person. Right. Your doctor's going to think you're a whack job, and you know, because he's the one who went to medical school. Right. And, and your friends and family will will not agree with you. It's a it's a tough. It's tough. It is it's tough. A tough one. I think we're in a new space. Well, and this is just my perspective, and I'm not a cancer patient, um, and I haven't had to make any of those decisions as of yet anyway, and I, I hope it remains that way. But but I think what we have to do is, just like in everything else in our lives when we're choosing who we decide to spend our lives with or what uh-huh. university to go to or what field, because um, we're, we're doing that more and more. We're listening to that gut feeling and we're, is this feel right? Or the house we're buying. We walk in, many of us, yeah. and we feel the energy. So right. I think that if we can trust that feeling mm-hmm. that we hopefully, but it's hard when you're being, you're being told you're going to die if you don't do this. Because yeah. that's basically right. what how it's communicated, you know, yeah. and, and that's an individual thing too. I don't think anyone leaves this planet until it's their time. And so that's yeah. why sometimes people can be diagnosed with a stage one and quickly move through the stages and leave the earth. And mm-hmm. others can be diagnosed later in their disease processes and not leave the earth, you know? Yeah. So, so I think if we can get past the fear that all of humanity has about cancer, which you right. are helping us with enormously, then we can let our doctors think we're crazy in our family and yeah. and go, yeah, I'm going to try that lower G, as you said. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need more people like you standing by us. But um, I, there, I, I agree with you that there, we are sort of moving into a more, um, you know, energetically aware time. Now, I'm not sure how widespread that is because, for right. instance, I was talking to a nurse today because um, I'm, so, I'm so sort of de- not divorced completely, but I, I have such a different mindset about healthcare now and who I go to and what I do and, you know, the herbs and the natural stuff and yada, yada, yada. And she's a, she's a, a nurse in a hospital, and we were talking about the whole pharmaceutical um, mm-hmm. influence, if you will, on, on medicine. And I said, yeah, but there's so much good stuff out there, like, you know, acupuncture. And, and she oh, said, yeah. oh, but there's still so many people who hate it. And I said, there are? And she said, yeah, there are tons of docs who still... Well, doctors, on that. yes, doctors, yes. that's true. 
Yeah. You know what's interesting? My nurse supervisor, when I was a nurse, who helped me to... Right. Uh, right, Lois? Uh-huh. She is um, a manager at the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance here. And um, she says that that is true, that they have docs that are not into uh-huh. naturopathic physicians. And, and there are patients, cancer patients, who want both, right? Uh-huh. And so she, they make a list of the oncologists who are happy and open. Uh-huh. And then they refer, if, if someone says, well, my oncologist doesn't want me to see a naturopath, then they change and refer them to a different oncologist who yeah. is open-minded. Right. And there are more and more because Absolutely. more and more of these young docs have experienced it because it's not... It's not fringe stuff anymore. I mean, everybody has at least heard of homeopathy. And what, you know, what they kind of know what a naturopathic doctor is. It's it's starting to be in the in the general vernacular and therefore the consciousness is slowly, you know, starting to include this stuff that, you know, 10, 20 years ago was was just I mean, certainly in my mother's generation, they had no clue what that kind of stuff. Right. It's right. changing. And it I think it's changing very quickly. I really do. Right you know, relative to um, lots of things. So so, yeah. so, what happened to you? I mean, I, I know your story, but, you know, what happened to you? You were given this third diagnosis with very little hope, so uh-huh. to speak, and, uh-huh. and you went home. I remember you even had a conversation, I think, with your sister who renewed your hope. <laughs> yeah, she just happened to be visiting from Germany where she lived, and, and I was just kind of, I was shocked. I was stunned. I mean, it was a night of, you know, sort of torrential nonstop, tears. And um, she said, you know, I, I know a woman who heals herself of brain cancer, um, and she's fine now. And I kind of looked at her and I said, what'd she do? And she said, well, she did a lot of enemas and she, you know, she changed her diet radically. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember offhand right now if she said that she became a raw foodist, but I know that she, you know, was juicing and stuff. And my sister, meanwhile, is making a steak dinner, you know, for us <laughs> because we're all needing some comfort, you know, hardcore comfort food, mashed potatoes, you know, and so forth. <laughs> Sounds yummy. Sort of, oh, it was so good. Um, it sort of stopped me in my tracks. It was like somebody healed herself of brain cancer and, and they told her it was over, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, she's still alive. And she said, yeah, she's cancer-free and she's doing great. And it just, and I had met somebody else um, in a nearby mountain town who, who had um, cured herself of lung cancer. And I just, I thought, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What am I, what am I doing going to this cancer center where, where basically they can't radiate me anymore, although they did end up radiating me a little bit more. <laughs> and chemo is just something I don't want, and surgery wasn't appropriate. And why? those are their only options. Why am I looking there? It really planted a seed, and it made me go, okay, there's more. There's more to this cancer story, and I want my story to be part of that other story. Wow. And so I... After, um, you know, there were several incidents that sort of led up to the, writing this book, which I believe, you know, was the, the most, how do you say it? Um, I was blessed with such grace writing that book. I've never experienced anything so <laughs> that came together with such grace and such beauty and such ease because I, I suddenly got, you know, the idea of, of interviewing people like this woman, and I did, she's in the book with the brain right, cancer. She, right. Yeah, she lives in England. Right. And I thought, if I interview people who did this, then we can learn from them how to do that. And if I interview doctors who 
do alternative stuff and we can hear about the new stuff. And I thought that that was going to be it. But then I realized there were so many really forward-thinking progressive doctors in the medical field who were trying desperately to change the culture. I, I just I wrote the book to save myself because I really needed my brain, which is overactive, to latch onto something positive instead of, you know, thinking, oh, my God, the cancer center doesn't really have much hope for me. What does that mean? And so I transferred my mindset, and I gave myself fully to writing this book. On my, I have two days, two and a half days off a week from my regular job, and I just, I just thought, okay, you know, who can I interview? And I started asking people, do you know people who have, who have, you know, healed from cancer? It's like everybody has somebody in the closet. You're so cute in the closet. Oh, my God. So all these people came out of the woodwork, and I didn't have to do any hunting. They just, you know, people are everywhere. There are people everywhere who have had cancer or MS or some other incurable disease that they they have healed on their own, you know, with uh, most of the time, most of the time with the help of an energy practitioner or some kind of alternative treatment. It's, and it's a really beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And so you did the raw food diet for a, a long did. time. The first thing I did was really come to grips with, even though my doctors didn't agree with me, that diet really does matter. Yeah. And, um, well, actually, the very first thing I did was contact this guy that my Germany-based sister told me about who lives in California, who's, who's really outside the box. He He's, you know, got degrees in everything from... Um, MD to chiropractic to whatever. Oh, there's a wasp on me. Go away. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I started working with him just over the phone, and he really, really, you know, talked me into a new mindset as well, saying, you need to make, you're either going to make your choices out of fear right. or out of being motivated to go towards something. What have you made your cho- choices on so far, which has, had all been on fear? And he said, so what choices can you make that will motivate you to go mm. forward? Mm. And they were working with him. They were working with my diet. They were definitely working with my, you know, the idea that my thoughts might influence my cells. Um, I went to the Living Foods Institute in Atlanta to learn all about preparing and living with, uh, on a raw foods diet. I read Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief, which just, totally opened my mind to the realization that our thoughts are one with our bodies. And it became very clear to me that we're not a mind-body relationship. We are a marriage, a very intimate marriage. We are organic chemistry is so involved in our energetic thinking, emotional body life. It it can't be separated. Mm -hmm. It's not always clear why things are the way they are, but they can't be separated. Mm-hmm. And it's so I true. went on this journey of just eating well and, and thinking well and interviewing all these people who had healed themselves in totally out-of-the-box ways. And oh, it was like, it took me about, I don't know, a year and a half maybe to write the book. And it was just the most exciting time of my life because I could feel myself healing. The foods I ate were phenomenal. I've never had such good food as the Living Foods um, you know, menu offers. Uh, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of time, but it was, right. I was motivated. Right. Working with this guy who had me on homeopathic stuff and tested my blood and my urine and all this jazz. And I was so excited to be part of a, 
of a of an of a a way of healing that was uh, uh, positive and life giving and and hopeful and not scary. There was nothing scary about it except for the fact that there was no guarantee that it was going to work. But I sure felt good along the way. Oh, it was great. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're interviewing author. Lee Fortson, the author of Embrace, Release, Heal, an empowering guide to talking about, thinking about, and treating cancer. We'll be right back. Are you looking for the best skincare treatment in the Pacific Northwest? Sick of regular spa facials that don't address the problems you seek to correct? Dermaspace, home of the iDerm Facial Treatment, was recently voted Best Facial in Western Washington for 2011 by King 5 Evening Magazine viewers. Our frequent guest of the Marie Manucherry Show, Jody Leon, has brought one of Hollywood's best-kept skincare secrets to the Pacific Northwest. This is Skin Detox at its best. Cleanse, hydrate, rejuvenate. Perfect for men and women of all ages who wish to address problem skin in addition to its amazing anti-aging benefits. It's physical therapy for your skin. The Iderm Facial Treatment has been used by A-list celebrities and clientele of all walks of life for over 70 years. Jody Leon, skin guru and owner of Dermaspace, is proud to be the only licensed esthetician certified to perform the Iderm Facial Treatment in the Pacific Northwest. For more information and a book online, visit Dermaspace.com. That's Dermaspace.com. Or call 206-849-6620. Do you live on the East Coast or have the desire to travel there in the near future? Marie will be headed your way in September to teach at Squam in New Hampshire. What is Squam, you ask? Squam retreats bring great people together at a beautiful venue to focus on creativity and self-expression. This fall, Marie will be teaching two workshops on intuition and creativity. Come join Marie at Squam, September 12th through 16th. For more information, please visit squamartworkshops.com. Tune in to Manson Mitchell at our new times. Friday mornings at 10 and back by popular demand, Saturdays at 11 a.m. Weekday or weekend, the A-Team of Alternative Talk brings you good gab and great guests. We make talk radio fun again with topics from pop culture to the paranormal with a little politics on the side. That's Manson Mitchell now Friday at 10 a.m. and back on Saturday morning at 11 on Alternative Talk 1150. Have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path, but aren't quite sure where to begin? Marie has a set of DVDs that can help steer you in the right direction, with wisdom, insight, and a dash of humor. The Healing From Within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health. Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath Dr. Sheila Dunmerritt to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health and hormones the dvd series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671 become a reiki master the weekend of october 5th through october 7th at the redmond town center marriott this two and a half day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in reiki one two and three you will learn to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants marie will be your instructor guiding you with her own symbolic sight and providing constructive feedback take this opportunity to fulfill your dreams of becoming your very own certified reiki master you will receive attunements that allow you to practice reiki at the master level and information on the laws that govern professional practice in Washington State. Enrollment is limited. Please call 425-825-5671. 
or visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, for more details. Radio with no added hormones or preservatives. All natural, alternative talk, 1150 a.m. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show in lovely, kind of rainy um, (laughs) winter (laughs) weather. There's a break in the rain right now. It is. That's really quite beautiful. You know, I'm not even going to like blow dry my hair straight because it's just going to get all curly (laughs) in the rain, which is lovely. And so, of course, we have um, one of my favorite authors. I can't wait till I actually get to hug you in person. Which I know. I, I'm so happy your daughter wants to move here because that means that most likely <laughs> um, I'm going to see you uh, at least in the next four years. Um, but the yeah. author of Embrace, Release, Heal, an empowering guide to talking about, thinking about, and treating cancer. And we have a lot of callers on the air, um, on the line. So we're going to go ahead and take some callers' questions. Who do we have, Eric? Let's talk to Roberta in Seattle. Hi, Roberta. Hello. Hi. Hi, Marie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. So my question is um, kind of general. Okay. Um, my husband and I went through a series of events. Could you speak up just a oh, little sure. bit louder? Thank yes. you. My husband and I went through a series of events that really turned our lives completely upside down, and we're still kind of um, recovering from mm. the process. Mm-hmm. And just wondering if you think that uh, we're going to be okay and what steps I should do to ah. help get things back on track. Sure. Sure. I'm going to totally give you my um, perception. I was just curious what Lee um, thinks as well. Okay. Yeah. So, so Lee, what are your thoughts? Did you hear the question? Yeah. Um, you know, we don't have any guarantees, do we, that things didn't go the way we want them to. I think the most important thing is to um, bring yourself to some way of being at peace and feeling love and experiencing joy while you're going through what you're going through. I mean, a lot of people, boy, are going through a lot of big stuff. I think this is the 2012 thing that everyone has been building up to, is that people are dealing with big, big stuff, big losses, big fear, big uh, insecurities, whether it's financial or within their marriage or whatever. And what I am really learning myself in going through my stuff is that joy is not conditional. You know, we don't have to have a great life to feel joy. I mean, we're trained to believe that, but we can actually, no matter what's going on, we can stop and, like, I was just noticing, I'm sitting out in my back patio, that there's this incredible beauty to this breeze in the trees. And it's really literally feeding my soul. And there's a lot of crap going on in my life, but I can stop and look at that, these trees and go, it's breathtaking. It's mm-hmm. breathtakingly beautiful. I can look at my dog. I swear to you, uh, my dog, if, if if I just look at my dog, I feel just this incredible love. Oh, I, I love that. We were playing laser tag with the, the cats today in the house, and they were just so adorable, running uh-huh. from each piece of furniture, flying in the air, chasing each other. We were all laughing our heads off and just in complete bliss. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I look at it, Roberta, um, I think that you've actually gotten past whatever it is. I just don't think your husband has. So I really, and so you're trying to help him get through something that you're kind of, you're like, I'm okay, you know, whatever. You know, obviously we don't know what the exact circumstances and he's still dealing with his own emotions about it. I think it would be great if he had someone that he could speak to besides you regarding it. 
um, if he doesn't have someone, um, I think that would be a wonderful idea. And I think it would be lovely if you let him have his discomfort and try, instead of trying to make it okay. Because really only the individual, you know, just like how Lee is pointing out, you know, that she's going through a little stress right now, but she's, you know, allowing herself to feel the wind and looking at her gorgeous dog. And that that's an individual experience. It's an independent thing. Um, and, and so I think things are going to actually do better if you can pull out and not feel responsible for his own joy and happiness and be okay with whatever you decided you're okay with and let him kind of figure it out for himself. Okay. So you still think he's sort of in a bit of a crisis? Pardon? So he seems like he still needs a lot of help. Well, I, he's, he's not at peace about it like you yeah. are, you know, so he needs to figure that out. But you're you're trying to hold the energy for both of you, and that's challenging and difficult and we can't change someone's perspective people have to change it themselves and sometimes when we're holding up people they have this they become dependent upon that and then we feel oh my gosh I have to keep giving that so you get more drained he doesn't get to figure it out on his own and he kind of needs to yeah because outwardly it seems like I'm the one who's more negative and more stressed (laughs) but is that how you really feel I yeah well I I grew through days that I'm feeling okay and like life is okay and then uh-huh. and then I uh, you know, get hit with a bomb and mm-hmm. everything. Do you think that part of that, those moments are from him? You know, that he's he's not addressing it and then you're feeling his on top of yours and that it's affecting you? Well, um, I think it's a, a number of factors I think that um, mm-hmm. you know, life has challenged me again and again. Mm-hmm. And uh, this last uh, wasn't like our, our health. I could only imagine right. like it's our health, health would be something no. worse. But right. this was you know, up there in terms of devastation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and feeling like, uh, well, some, something's not treating us fairly. You know? Ah, yeah. you, you know, Lee writes a lot about um, that in the book in terms of not blaming other things. Uh, right. So, uh-huh. so, so, Lee, you have actually a whole thing about that. You have forgiveness in here. You have yeah. meaning, which is really uh, fabulous. You know, like everything that's happening to us has some form of meaning. Mm. Right. I think, you know, we're graced to have people like you, Marie, who have that vision that can see a little bit broader and wider and deeper than Roberta and I can see. Because, you know, um, when you're in it, Roberta, right? When you're in it, when you're in the woods and you keep feeling like you're bumping up against trees, it's really hard to know what the meaning is. But, I, you know, I have come to, I came to this, and it's written in the book, too, is, is that we, you know, it's so helpful to trust. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful. It's essential to, to get to that point of trusting that this journey is, is a worthwhile and meaningful journey. Again, Marie has this kind of vision that we don't have, so it's, it's, I think it's great that you called in to get her perspective. But forgiveness is, 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 I think, key to um, acceptance and to allowing these difficult times not to um, eat us alive, which is really what cancer is. Right. So, right. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see if, indeed, you're picking up on more of his stuff that he's not dealing with and that you're, you're exhausting yourself with your own stuff that you're able to get to balance with, because that's exactly what I'm seeing. You have you in my mind you've moved through it even though in your mind you haven't and i wonder if on an energetic level you're picking up his that he's not dealing with and then you're running it through your body 
and then you're dealing with yours too. And so that'll be fascinating if you try that out, see if that theory is accurate for you, um, to see if you can get your anxiety to go at a lower degree, at a less degree. And and also um, the whole meaning thing is is really valuable. I mean, once we realize that bad things aren't happening, everything's happening in its highest good to to provide us with awareness and insight and growth. And um, and that's really what living here on Earth School is all about, actually, in my opinion, anyway. Right. Keep me posted. I want to know. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we're going to go ahead and go back to the phone lines. Who do we have? All right. Let's talk to Rose in Federal Way. Hi, Rose. Oh, hi. <clears throat> hi, Marie. Um, great topic, by the way. I know. Isn't Lee wonderful? Yeah, she's just... Oh, yes. I Just a comment on one of the things she said. I can't believe when the doctor's said that diet wasn't important. That just blows me away. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, all you have, question... yeah, well, all you have to do is eat food in a, in a hospital, and you know that diet, yeah. Horrible. Yeah, I remember, yes. you know, we're working on our patients trying to get them to be well after we've put poison in their body. And I understand, again, the choice of poison. I mean, I get that. Um, but then we're giving them coffee and um, fake butter, and, oh, oh, yeah, and artificial colors. Right, <laughs> and pudding and all this stuff that is really hard to digest for healthy people, <laughs> let alone, you know, um, there is a hospital in, in Sun Valley, Idaho, St. Luke's, and they actually have a, an organic garden for their patients. Oh, and, that, that sounds good. Yeah. There, are, really there good. are some hospitals that are starting to be what they call patient-centered. <laughs> oh, Can you believe I love that? that. Love it. And they, they, uh, they are providing more organic food and you know the cancer treatment centers of america have really good i know they're my favorite yeah and and that's all good but it's it is it's mind boggling Mm -hmm. to think that cancer doctors don't understand the relationship until you realize that they have doctors in general yeah Uh, yeah doctors uh, in general my question is uh, more general um for marie is there anyone who's passed over has a message for me? Mm, that's interesting. I know what you're going to say, Lee, and I'm, I'm listening to you, Rose. I'm just in this interesting uh, conversation between all three of us and the airways. And, of course, it's, it's obviously important for Rose, too, as well. But you're right. Um, conventional doctors are not required to study nutrition. Right. So exactly. That's why they think cow's milk is healthy to drink um, yeah. a- after the age of two. And, and it's even questionable under the age of two, actually. Um, right. Yeah. There is a woman standing next to you, um, Rose. Um, she, you know, she's kind of, she reminds me of someone that is from my family that I've never met before. Um, mm-hmm. So she, I don't know if she came from the Midwest. My family isn't really from the Midwest, but um, it's just I have these stereotypical ideas about relatives. Um, she's wearing like a house coat. It's baby blue with little flowers on it, short sleeve white trim. She's got her hair in rollers. It's mostly gray. Her eyes are either hazel or brown. I can't really tell. They're not blue or, or green. You know, they're kind of a hazily, darker color, and then perhaps brown. Um, she's slight, so she's um, not overweight, and she's not terribly tall, maybe 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, um, probably closer to 5'5". Five, five. She's not wearing um, shoes or slippers, um, so she's dressed casually at home. I can actually hear a TV blaring. So maybe she liked it's soap really operas. Right okay. So this I, woman, I really uh, well, this woman could have been an aunt, a grandmother. Um, she's dressed. She's thin or heavy. She's thin. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see people close to the time of their death, too. So I don't see people in their 30s or 40s unless they passed away at that time period. But she's a Midwesterner kind of 
you know, person. And uh, there's definitely like soap operas, daytime television in the background. So that tells me how she spent part of her day. So do you know, did you have someone in your family that dressed casually like that, had curlers? I, I, I really don't. That's why uh, my only aunt that's passed over was quite heavy. Uh-huh. That, um, was she slight when she, da- when she died? Did she lose weight before she passed away? Uh, no, she was still pretty heavy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this person, um, and do you have a, a mother-in-law or a relative that you know from in-laws that would be, um, that sound like this person? Is, is it definitely a relative? Uh, um, well, it's someone you know from this lifetime. Someone that you oh, okay. know from this lifetime, that's for sure. So Would it could be older, like really old. Yeah, like well, not, 90s. no, she's not in her 90s. She's probably in her late 60s, early 70s. And and the interesting yeah. part is, even though you don't know who she is, and I've described her really well, and you still don't know who she <laughs> is, <laughs> right? You were quite specific. Yeah, I'm very specific. Maybe later. Right. Uh, and it must, because I actually can hear her, her message, and I usually can't hear messages until the person's been identified, but I can actually hear her message. Her message says, and, and this is the funny thing. This is why I love Midwesterners, because they're more relaxed. They don't take life so seriously, even if they are sometimes eating food that is not as healthy as the food in Colorado, let's say, or in Washington State, because Colorado people eat really well. I, in fact, when I was in Boulder, I felt like I was in Hippieville, which I love, and there was an organic something on every corner, you know, and I would go into every, I was, when I, before I went there, because I'd never been there before, I'm like, well, how am I going to get rice milk for my, you know, my soy chai or, or, my, or my chai that I don't have soy milk in, you know, how, but every place I went to had everything I could possibly want and then more than I even dreamed of. So I was like kind of in heaven in Boulder. And so this woman doesn't eat like that. She probably has American orange cheese in the fridge with bologna and Wonder Bread. And she's listening to daytime television. And what she's saying to you is that you take life way too seriously. You overanalyze everything. And and maybe that's an exaggeration. And she says that you can have a lot of fun if you just relax, step back, and not worry so much. That's what she's saying to you. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that, that is correct. Okay. As far as how I am, I'm right. still kind of curious who she well, is. Well, I think you're going to find out because I wouldn't, typically I don't get a message unless we go, oh, it's Aunt Bertha, oh, okay. you know, okay. so I think you're going to find out like after you hang up or something. So, so Lee, Lee, what yes. do you do when, you know, when, when you're worried, you know, like right now you have some worries. And so what are you doing to help yourself not be in that space? Well, I think one of the most valuable things to do, um, which you had to remind me of when we had a session together, is to love yourself. Oh. This, is, this is the most underrated, misunderstood concept, I think, in our society, because I think we tend to confuse um, our situation with ourselves. And so we transfer the angst about what's going on with us to an angst toward ourselves, we, we don't like what we're going through, and somehow, very often, it translates to, therefore, we don't like ourselves. And um, loving ourselves is, to me, is, is one of the most beautiful um, devotions we can have. And since my reading with you, Marie, I, it's, I've been so much more deliberate about, you know, when I'm looking at myself in the mirror putting on makeup, I stop, and I look in my eyes, and I smile, and I say, I love you, baby. I love you. <laughs> you know, it's going to be okay. Everything's okay. Aww. And then I'm drenched in this beautiful feeling of 
Ah, yeah, it is going to be okay. The other day I went to an event, a friend of mine's 60th birthday, and it was in the mountains. And I, one of the things that's going on is I do have neuropathy pretty badly in my oh, foot. And sorry. it's hard for me to walk on anything that isn't completely flat. And that mm-hmm. includes, you know, even a lawn. Mm-hmm. But we were in the mountains with pine cones and, you know, bushes to have to step over. And, and we were walking to this circle that she had where, she, you know, she was passing a thing around celebrate her um, big turning and um, somebody had to help me you know I was walking arm in arm with this guy while everyone else was already at the circle and everyone was standing but they brought a chair for me and I and I caught myself going you know just oh I hate this I hate <laughs> I hate this and it and it sort of felt like to some part of me that I was saying I hate myself mm. and when I realized that it was going to that place, Inside of myself, even though I was, you know, among a lot of people and walking arm in arm with this nice person, I just inside I went, ah, honey, I love you. I love you. And you're in the mountains and it's beautiful and I love you and I love you and I love you no matter what. Wow. That's another thing of this unconditional thing that we, that we have the opportunity to experience during hardship is not only can you look outside of yourself and experience beauty and see love. But most importantly, it's to stop and and remind yourself that you are loved by you, no matter well, what's well, going on. Well, part of the um, overanalyzing is a mystery I can't seem to solve. <laughs> <laughs> and it's my life. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. So right. that's part of the overanalyzing. Well, that's kind of why I was asking for people who had passed, they might see the bigger picture. Well, she did. She answered the question for you really beautifully. And I love what Lee said, because that overanalyzing is from not being content, happy, resolved, Mm -hmm. at peace about it. And so if you go, honey, it's okay, I love you no matter what, you Mm -hmm. start to shut those doors and you don't go Mm -hmm. down those really creepy hallways because you cannot change the past you absolutely your perception can certainly change of the past and that's what we're working on but you can't change what happened in the past it's done and the future is yet to be discovered so and rose i yeah. really understand though i i, I understand because i have i have this hyperactive mind and it's really <laughs> really yeah it's really easy to cling on to things and to try to analyze and try to figure it out well you know what I've asked why so many times about certain things that I finally have quit asking because we just don't always know. What matters is is being present with the love that's in our hearts and giving that to ourselves and giving that, that to the people that we love and allowing their love for us to be absorbed. I mean, really, that's all it comes down to. I mean, we our little brains are just these maniac children running around the room, you know, drawing on the wall. We need to stop and just go to the heart and go, ah, it's quiet here. It's peaceful. You know, I have to remind myself of that constantly and give my brain something else to focus on because my brain and my and my heart aren't always aligned. And it's usually when I let myself be swept away by the brain that life becomes tough. So it's like just getting back to that heart and, and taking to heart. Marie's, one of the underlying messages I hear her constantly giving to people is, you know, being at peace and loving yourself. Yeah, it's so. the ticket. Thank you yeah. so much, Rose. Okay, well, thank you. That for... was great. Thank right, you. Bye. Have a good day. So now we're going to, thank you, Lee. You're just, your wisdom is lovely. Of course, your book is full of it. We're going to go ahead and go <laughs> back to the phone lines. Who do we have, Eric? Let's pop down to Tacoma and talk to Mike. Hi, Mike. How are you? Yes, yes. how are you all over there? 
We're great. Yeah. Okay, listen, uh, I know we're short on time here, so I'm going to try to run this uh, through real quick. Like, first off, I want to say, you know, the doctors have done a whole heck of a lot, you know, saving lives, you know, people who have had heart attacks and have, you know, broken bones and saved them from dying, from being shot. But uh, in, my, in my case, um, I uh, found out when I was 62 that I had prostate cancer, and that kind of set me back, you know, pretty quick. And... Uh, I want to let everybody know that uh, that Jesus Christ and Almighty God is still in the healing business because I've had people pray over me. Yeah, and and, and I guarantee you that that that's you know the, the main doctor in my life. But what I did was I've been to alternative medicine for the last fifteen twenty years, and so I started hunting around, and I found out for me in my avenue that. Uh, I came across uh, different types of herbs. Uh, mm. for, this is for prostate cancer mm. now. Mm. Uh, the, the main thing that you have to do is, depending on what your situation is, is to rebuild your immune system. Because right. you can beat cancer if, if you're determined. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm a, a prostate survivor of uh, four years, so I found out when I was 62, and I'm uh, or 64, and I'm 68 now. And I don't do PSA tests. I just ignore all that. Because mm-hmm. uh, the doctors try to put fear in you, so they'll stick in into this uh, uh, this other avenue, you know, for chemo and whatever. And if, <laughs> it, it may help you out for right now, but to me, it's a band aid. Well, you but know, anyway, it's interesting, Mike. Um, Lee has a story in her book about a woman who only used prayer to get well. Oh yeah, it's a that, fabulous that, story. I mean, she was that. gonna die. I think it was lung cancer, if I re- recall. Uh-huh. And and it's just her church and her whole community and all these beautiful people. And she was even given this wonderful scarf that was blessed by nuns. And well, it's okay. it's like an incredible Christ, story. Well, Christ is still in the healing business, <laughs> but yeah. believe it or not. But anyway, uh, that, that was that was my main avenue. But uh, I got into what uh, what's called uh, hydrogen peroxide. Oh right, yeah. right. That's yeah. one tree. Mm-hmm. That's one tree. But yeah, and there's a book that's out. That it's called uh, the One Minute. Uh, 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 cancer cure, and then also there's like a burdock, a slippery uh, elm that you can yeah, use, that's and a then good there's one. a grapefruit diet, there's yeah. a cottage cheese diet, uh, <laughs> then of course you know, there's the, the juicing, which helps. Of course, you know, uh, like most of us, or me anyway, I fall off the wagon, and then I get myself back on the wagon, <laughs> because you know, we're, we're, we're induced by, you know, pizza, and hamburgers, french fries, and, and chocolate, and uh, uh, custard pie. I know. And Mike, um, um, thank you so much. We're about to okay. go off the air. We've only oh, got a minute okay. left. So well, thank you. you. And congratulations on your healing. Well, I'm, I'm still going strong, though. You know what I mean? So I, I, congratulations. I, I, I haven't stopped. So take care <laughs> I yourself. love your spirit, Talk Mike. I love your spirit. It's, you've got a great spirit. And, and in my book, there's a whole chapter on that hydrogen peroxide yeah. healing by a guy named uh, Dr. Simoncini out of, out of Italy. So you're right on. And uh, thank God for for um, our spiritual lives to help us through this stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Lee, uh, of course, our time went by so fast. Again, on here, I'm yeah. telling you, it went by very, very quick. Um, yeah. If you haven't read the book, Embrace, Release, Heal, an empowering guide to talking about, thinking about, and treating cancer, I highly recommend that you do. It's actually, I think, made me a better healer um, when I work with people who have devastating diagnoses, and it, it's given me more hope and um, which I believe helps them to have more hope too. So thank you. I love you to pieces. Oh, I love you, and thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to your audience. It's oh, a, it you're is welcome. A huge privilege. You're, thank you. So thank much. you. Have a beautiful day in Colorado. And, and you too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Joyful blessings until next week. Bye bye.